The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. And so we're going to get into it with John Shadler, who's the managing director of the Harkey Group. John and I have been friends for many years. In fact, so much so we've we've even joined forces of our agencies, which gives us a footprint in Las Vegas. And really, John's been like a mentor to me in the business. And he's part of now our group, which is one of the fastest growing marketing agencies in America. Okay. Yesterday, John and I talked about how Steve Wynn made huge bets and they paid off with huge success. And that's how marketers do it. They make calculated big bets. Today, we're going to continue the conversation. We're just going to break down Vegas. We're going to talk about what marketers can learn from Las Vegas, why Vegas is the king and queen of entertainment. So let's get into it. We're totally off script and I love it because that's what it's all about. And I'm going to get into this conversation with uh, one of my mentors, my boy, longtime friend, marketing genius, John Shadler. He's the managing director at the Harkey Group. All right, man. We we just kind of ripped yesterday. I knew we would get into Steve Wynn. We have to. The guy's an icon. And the guy kicked Donald Trump's ass a bunch of times in the marketing hotel business. I don't think Trump wants any piece of him in a marketing competition. But I want to get into Vegas a little bit more. I mean, we talked about last time the opening of the Mirage and how big that was. But in total, Steve Wynn fashion... He doesn't just stop there. Once he hits a home run, he, he cashes out and hits the next home run and then the next home run and then the next home run. Walk us through maybe some next moves in Vegas or maybe it's not even about when. You know, maybe there's other people like... And it could be through the form of story, but what should marketers learn from Vegas? Like, Why does this place in the desert, which there's... A, look, there's a lot of places that allow gambling, especially now. How did this place that started kind of by the mob like become corporate and like the textbook marketing case study for how to build product, market that product and build basically a city from nothing. What can marketers learn? What did you learn? Loaded question. But yeah, let's dive back into it. Yeah. Well, I think Vegas has always been kind of the center of, uh, of entrepreneurship. There's definitely a Wild West attitude about the place. It's kind of the always been the new frontier. Sort of a place where anything is possible. And I think Steve, I mean, it goes way back, right? To Bugsy Siegel and Jay Sarno with Circus Circus and Caesar's Palace. And these were great visionaries. These were guys who said that anything is possible. And I think that Steve was really the modern day manifestation of that. He, Steve would always, he would never be satisfied with the status quo. It was always about, 
going above and beyond. It was always about doing things that had never been done before. And that takes money, that takes a lot of talent, but it, it takes a brash attitude and it takes it takes somebody who's got really balls of of steel to be able to surpass what's been done before. And I think, you know, the Mirage was a a clear example of that 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 actually was the catalyst for modern day Las Vegas. There's no question about that. It was uh as I think I alluded to earlier, there hadn't been a new resort built in in I think 15 years at the time and Vegas was just kind of stumbling along and it was Mirage that really changed the face of the market and spurred on a multi-billion dollar building boom over the over the next 10 years or so, which led to the creation of Treasure Island, which was an immediate project right after Mirage, right on the Mirage property that sort of heralded in the heralded in the new kind of themed attraction marketing approach that Vegas took on for a long period of time. That led to the developments like Mandalay Bay and Luxor and the Venetian. And basically what you see is the modern day Las Vegas Strip. And, you know, it was it was how do you appeal to a wider audience? How do you appeal to an audience that has expectations for being wowed? And how do you break away from the casino as kind of the core and center attraction of Vegas and the Strip? And uh, that's where you began to see all kinds of new non-gaming attractions from the pirate battle at Treasure Island to the, to, you know, what I would call brand architecture in a different way, meaning that architecture started to take on the manifestation of a brand. Take as a pure example, Luxor, where the actual building became the brand and the brand became the building that happened with Properties like Excalibur, the Venetian, you know, there was a whole era of themed attractions and in that regard, maybe in adult Disneyland and maybe to some extent it attracted uh, kids and, and that was rather short lived. But again, they were bets that were made as a way in which to expand the marketplace and try things that had never been done before. And I think the ultimate expression of that in the end, was Bellagio, which was uh, probably the purest form of what today would be considered luxury Las Vegas that that had ever been been developed, and uh, that was probably what put Vegas on the map as a true and an honest luxury destination, which uh, today it's been known it's. Uh, become and, and really become internationally known for. What I love about Vegas and, and what I continue to hear from you and what I, what I hope the listeners are hearing is this market success was really built on innovation. And innovation came uh, in the form of necessity, which a lot of times that's how innovation happens. If If you're Hilton or Marriott or you're Costa Rica or LA or Miami, you are this destination or you are this brand and you're going to continue. 
in our firm, a lot of times when we get a brand assignment, which happens often, we bring back a lot of research and campaigns of competitors and, and we show a sea of sameness a lot of times. So if you're in healthcare or you're in real estate or you're in automotive or you're in hospitality, here are all your competitors. And basically, you all have the same looking people in the ads and are pretty much saying the same things and you're pretty much talking about the same products. And Vegas is, you cannot do that in that market. And innovation is a complete necessity and why we've seen such brilliance of Bellagio and building Paris and building gondola rides inside something. And I mean, just constant, constant innovation where a lot of other entertainment and destination marketing places or companies just haven't been pushed the way Vegas has. And they maybe don't even have that same entrepreneurial spirit the way Vegas has. And it's kind of created this life of its own. And you got to be a part of that. And I'm so proud of our office being in that market because it really gives us a a different point of view in really what I determine as the enemy in our craft is the sea of sameness. It is business as usual. Uh, product as usual, marketing as usual. Nuh-uh-uh. So I, I love that insight. And Steve certainly, uh, Steve Wynn was was a pillar. There's been others that have, have come beyond him. What do you think's your favorite campaign? I mean, I can think about you know some of the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Our friends at R and R, which they developed, or even this was interesting too. Is one of my favorite campaigns in Vegas actually didn't work very well because the the hotel wasn't built right. From my understanding, the Cosmopolitan campaign that came out, I thought was genius. And then obviously, the very biased opinion, but the the Virgin Hotel and Casino launch that we were a part of a couple years ago, obviously, has to be one of my favorite. Not because we just did it, but because I just think it was, it was spot on for the brand and the time. Anything that comes to your mind, John, is some of your favorite campaigns in the market? Yeah, well, I think just to step back a minute, I think your point's really well taken, Scott, is the marketplace here is... Uh, is so highly hyper-competitive and condensed right there on the strip that you can't survive without being extraordinary. And I, and I think that your other point is, is also really well taken, which is that Vegas has always been an entrepreneurial place, yes, but it's also been almost this, this great incubator of innovation. It's been this, we used to say, kind of the ultimate testing ground playing off on uh, on uh, Area 51 and all that. It's, it's really the stuff that's going on here in the world of hospitality, entertainment, technology, and advancements in, in all areas of, of leisure and luxury is unsurpassed. And so marketing has been a, a core part of that. I think that your point is right on with the great work that the uh, LDCVA has done over the years. It's been a, a, a tribute to the marketplace that the destination marketing for the for the city has been really extraordinary over the years. I would point to the Cosmopolitan in most recent years as as uh, being very innovative, very uniquely different, kind of establishing a uh, a cool factor that the the market was desperately in need of. I'm a little biased to say that I think the launch campaign for Bellagio, which was uh, another level of, uh, I think, quality for the marketplace and in establishing a uh, 
this premise of ultra luxury and kind of romance associated with Bellagio and it, it's sort of Italian heritage theme and, and kind of bringing a sophisticated urban sensibility to Vegas in the form of, you know, introducing celebrity chefs, introducing obviously the beautiful water ballet in the, in the front of the building. Very significantly, the Bellagio collection of, of fine art that, that Steve Wynn procured and curated and really the ultimate in luxury accommodations and, and high end retail. Again, raising the bar, communicating effectively through brand and setting an expectation of kind of another level of heightened entertainment and luxury. It was, uh, it was a really, really extraordinary time to be in the marketing world in Vegas. One insight for Bellagio, I think is important. And I, I love that you keep highlighting the Bellagio because it's, it's easy to talk about the fun campaigns that we remember, but from a brand standpoint, representing luxury had a client that, that worked on the marketing side of Bellagio. And he talked about the numbers that they would do in terms of selling apparel with Bellagio on it. I mean, mattresses and polos and sheets. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, I mean, tens of millions of dollars a year. That's really, truly the power of brand. I mean, they would white label basically any sort of apparel you could think of and you could buy Bellagio and they had a whole back end and people, people really, truly believed in the brand. I mean, I don't know how many hotels I've ever stayed at in the world that I would be so excited to buy the sheets that I was sleeping in or, the, or a polo shirt to play golf in. But that truly, I think, is one just small representation of how powerful that brand was. And you talk about Vegas today. I think the CEO of Cosmo is absolutely doing it right. Uh, I believe Bill McBath, who's a, who's a friend of yours, John, they truly are differentiating themselves in that marketplace and continue to push that innovation. And for us as, as competitive advertising people to give kudos to another agency, R&R and LVCA work that we weren't a part of, but are true just kind of fan kids of with what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I mean, there's really two agencies in, in the Las Vegas market. It's R&R and it, it was SKG now uh, part of the Harky Group OH. But And there's just so much to to talk about with Vegas because it's different than anything out there. I mean, if, you, if you're a tech company and you want to be in tech, I mean, consumer tech, you know, you go to San Francisco and for 20 year period, that was where you should be developing tech. If you want banking, then, you know, you should probably be in New York. If, you know, consumer packaged goods, you know, be Chicago. So it's really interesting to, to see how iron sharpens iron, so to speak. Competitors in the marketplace can push you to truly come up with something that people haven't seen. And if it's something that people haven't seen, they're going to want to see it. And that's how Vegas has, has happened. And boy, there's just so many playbooks and plays other marketers can take from Vegas. Maybe give us some final thoughts, John. I know we've been bouncing around everywhere, but I think we've really hammered the point on how to differentiate in a marketplace and, and why it works so well. But any maybe final thoughts for our marketers out there? Yeah, you know, I think that one thing that really I think Steve was a leader on and that has continued on in the marketplace is that the idea that quality 
brings quality. And I think that we, for many, many years, Vegas was sort of viewed as a a leisure destination that really maybe wasn't was about fun and it, it was about excitement, but but maybe quality wasn't at the highest level of consideration. I think this marketplace today has uh, been driven and continues to be driven by quality experiences. As an example, when we were developing the Mirage and Treasure Island and Bellagio, brand was at the forefront and there was healthy budgets. There were always, there was always the desire and the ability to reach out to the best of the best in the marketing world, be it graphic designers, be it understanding, obviously, your point earlier, the the value of uh, retail merchandising, logo identity. Think about the kind of incredibly dynamic and unique Mirage logo with the neon colored palm trees that that became a retail sensation that got was ripped off. I can remember traveling globally and and seeing people just literally steal that logo uh, became a bit of an issue and a problem. But the idea being that there was a clear understanding that bringing quality to projects was critically important and spending on those sorts of brand initiatives were were meaningful. That transcended to film directors, photographers. It was a new day in Vegas in that regard. It was really kind of the evolution of, of modern day marketing being brought to life. So uh, quality is a word that I uh, I always use in respect to the Vegas marketplace today. And I, I love it. One just insight that was maybe different than what I thought I would learn or even have gratitude for after this conversation is the idea of how competition makes us all better. Whether you're an agency and, and the wars between, I remember Droga and 72 and Sunny, or you're a brand and it's Coke versus Pepsi or Auto, you know, Ford versus Chevy, maybe just figuring out how to embrace the rivalry and embrace the competition that will ultimately fuel innovation. And I think the word innovation is thrown out so much that it's kind of lost the important nature of true innovation that happens under fire, under really a competitive atmosphere. And um, I don't know why that that just a different takeaway than I thought I would have from this conversation because we've talked about Vegas so much. And sometimes we get down the rabbit holes of Steve Wynn putting his elbow through a Monet or something like that, which is a great story. But I think maybe going big picture and really thinking about how innovation happens. And really, it doesn't happen by yeah. a boardroom strategic discussion. It happens under fire in a competitive atmosphere. Yeah. And it also, it also, it happens throughout the resort casino experience, meaning that brand is not just your outward facing message. It's not just your logo identity. It's literally the most successful brands in Las Vegas are about every single touch point that the consumer experiences within a facility before you arrive and once you leave. So 
I think I was talking about this just the other day with a top executive on the strip that the genius of Steve Wynn was that Steve understood the consumer mindset. He understood the consumer desire. He understood the romance of a vacation. He understood the emotional connection one has with a hotel facility, with service, with the way you're treated, with the way you're greeted. So every aspect of what we did as a company was focused on that brand experience, on that moment in time from when you picked up the phone in those days to make a reservation with an agent to the moment of arrival to the way a scent in the lobby transported you to the way the music in in the facility made you feel to the restaurant experiences the gaming experiences the pool experience it was all brand it was all brand and it makes you hypersensitive to the way you create these facilities build these properties staff them so it's a complete and total immersion when you talk about brand in in Vegas versus uh the way a lot of people reference brand which is kind of a uh a more clinical and and perhaps scientific consideration. Yes, I love our process at the agency where we we take your brand, your competition and the consumer and they all have to be formulated from the same mindset of consumer first. And a lot of times I've seen product development and and product so removed from ultimately your customer and without taking into consideration how you're differentiated. And I I think you're right. I mean, I think Steve Wynn is textbook. Every product differentiation was from a consumer lens and from a point of view of making sure it was it was unique and different from the competition. And a lot of times, unfortunately, when marketing people get brought in, we think that we're going to solve some problem by just addressing brand and external logo and campaign. And, and if it's not tied to some sort of product, and if it's not considered in every single touch point of customer service and in-store and website, I mean, it, it all matters. I think we're really missing out. But it's that attention to detail, which truly makes for great marketing and great brand. And we, you know, <laughs> we might be getting a little high horse here. I know I, I can get that way at times because I get so excited about this kind of stuff. But I think really studying great case studies can help us bring back the right ammunition to our board or our CEO or getting other people involved in our companies on our marketing mindset of how we need to bring great companies to life. And it's it's so much more than just a campaign as we know. And so I think yes. having this Vegas case study in your back pockets, having Steve Wynn marketing campaigns in your back pocket, say, listen, this is why we're doing it this way. This is why we really need innovation. I think can really help us move our companies forward. But uh, man, huge thanks to John. Um, we're going to wrap up the second episode of Rebrand Podcast. I know I went over, but I didn't care because I, I want people to hear this stuff. Huge thanks to John Shadler, Managing Director at the Harky Group for joining us. If you'd like to hear more about John, find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes and visit his company website at theharkygroup.com.
Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have the chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, who does? Head over to rebrandpod.com and we'll have all the summaries of our episode and guest contact information. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter and you want to talk about the most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. We're on all the stuff. Our handle is at rebrandpod. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. Probably easier though, you can find me, your show host, and that's at Scott Harkey on TikTok. TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, Twitter. I like to be a little different, I guess. It's just Sharky AZ. If you haven't subscribed and you want a daily stream of our marketing campaign brilliance in your podcast feed, remember, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button on your podcast app so we can continue those rankings. Just uh, the other day, we just shot up to the third ranked marketing podcast in the US on Apple. I mean, we're only a month old, so we're going to keep going at it. We want to keep making sure we're providing insights to marketers with real people, real campaigns, real feedback, less educational BS, but like real stuff real fast. That's kind of the name of of the game for marketers. Remember, so we'll be right back in your feed. Look, you subscribe. We're going to be right back in your feed the next day with a podcast. I'm at the gym and I see it and I'm like, boom, there's a podcast for tomorrow. I love it. Okay, that's it for right now. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.